Hey, what's up, beautiful people? Thank you for tuning in to the Weekly Words Extended Podcast, where we give you words to live by. I am your host, Robert Timmons, and I thank you so much for tuning in on today from wherever you are listening from. I pray that 2021, these last three months, have been good to you. I know that there's still a lot of craziness going on in the world and here in our country, but I pray that God is... um, providing for you, protecting you, and guiding you to uh, where you are meant to be for this season of your life. I'm actually really excited for today's episode because I get to bring on one of my best friends. She has been with me for these last couple years, um, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. She is someone that I go to for advice and lean on all the time. She just got matched to one of her medical resident Oh, I'm gonna mess this up. Medical school residency programs. <laughs> Please forgive me. So she's out here doing big things. Please welcome to the mic, my friend Tina. Hey, it's me. It's me. <laughs> Tina, what's up? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, like you said, let me just correct it for the people. Yes, I just. <laughs> I'm a fourth year medical student. I just matched in pediatrics to one of my top choices. So I'm about to start intern year of residency in a few months. Amen. 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 Yes. And words you really cannot describe how proud of Tina I am because since the day I met her, this was like one of the things that she was working towards. Like it's always been about like doctor, doctor, doctor. And like, that's the purpose God's given her. And it's just, it's so inspiring and enlightening to see one of my friends, closest people to me, to like take this next step into that purpose and into that destiny. So I'm excited for you, Tina, but you know, you've heard that from me a lot so far, mm-hmm. but the people know now. <laughs> Thanks, Rob, with quotation marks. <laughs> okay, Ernesto. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that. Okay, cool. So Tina, you're here. We're going to we're going to get into the, uh, you know, the scheduled program and talk about these weekly words episodes. But I don't know. I just what let's let's I want to get everyone to know a little bit more about you and stuff. Um, what what what's just something fun to know about you besides you going to med, med school? I don't know where you're from. Family, um, I don't know, all that stuff, whatever, whatever you want to share. I can talk a little bit about where I'm from. Okay. So I was born and raised in Philly, um, but my family's originally from Ghana, West Africa. So um, first generation here, born and raised here. Um, And what else? I mean, I have siblings. (laughs) I have four older sisters. I'm the youngest. Um, Those don't really sound like fun things, but that's a little bit about me. What do you, what do you do when you're not doing med school things? Ooh, okay. I take naps very mm-hmm. frequently. Jesus takes nap, took naps too. Be like Jesus. Na- naps are bae. <laughs> Listen, when I'm stressed, I'm tired, things not going right. I take a nap and I wake up and it's magically better. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I read. Um. And I, I really like, I want to say I do anything like that's like super unique from what most people do. I like to spend time with my family, mm-hmm. um, especially like being in school, being about to leave, just like soak up all the family mm-hmm. time. Yeah. 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 And I know that um, you got a little niece, Azaria. Mm, Azaria. <laughs> y'all might, I, y'all might hear her a little bit today. <laughs> I apologize in advance. My eight year old niece no it's funny um so we've been working remote with my job since last march oh this time last year and uh, my co-workers would always be like so scared and, and hesitant whenever they would you know be on a call with one of our clients and like their their baby might be in the background or or their spouse or like a dog or something and i was like I don't feel like you should be ashamed of that as long as it's not just completely distracting where you have to like you're telling people to shut up but if it's like in the background background 
I just felt like that made the situation so human. And it's like, hey, guys, we don't know how, to, how what we're going to do here, but we're trying to still make it work. And I just felt like that was so relatable because literally everybody with this time last year was either, you know, not working for an extended period of time or working remote. Like everybody was trying to make it work to some capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's it's like when you think about it that way like yeah obviously you're at home right so there are gonna be things happening in the background but like traditionally like if you think about work you're always like "Ah, i'm supposed to be professional right Mm -hmm. like the separation between personal and professional and like at home you can't really do that plus like if you got a kid that's like my niece who knows what they're gonna say in the background (laughs) right right out here exposing you right like that's between you and me what you say no (laughs) (laughs) that's funny that's funny cool well let's go ahead and dive in we'll learn more about you throughout the episode and stuff but again thank you so much for coming so uh first i want to talk about um episode five of this this year's weekly words which was titled re-energize so uh, i had the opportunity to have my sister come on the show with me as well and we talked about the three r's three things that we thought could help uh, three practical things we thought could help people work towards their goals and dreams, not only for 2021, but for their entire life and where God's directing them. Because, you know, this year, uh, for me at least, and anyone who wants to join on with me, is about recalibrating, having bigger dreams, and being satisfied. So um, that first R, so I'm, I'm going to go through all the three R's, and then Tina, you and I, we can, you know, talk about it, pick it apart, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So the first R was re-energize, this idea of hey, it's been a couple of weeks, a couple of months into 2021. You might feel a little bit more tired about some with some of the goals that you set out to accomplish. So how can you re-energize yourself to have that same spark, that same motivation, that same determination to reach your goals? And uh, Chelsea's suggestion was remember the why, which fueled you making that goal in the first place. The second R was re-evaluate. We started out the year making goals and maybe we thought we were going to do it one way and measure it another way but as a couple weeks and months have gone on maybe we need to reevaluate how we're measuring our accomplishment to that goal or maybe we need to reevaluate that goal change the timeline change the timetable change how we're trying to attack it that's not a bad thing you've learned you're three months older you're more mature you've experienced more things so you have more wisdom naturally and then lastly remind Um, being able to encompass some way for you to document what your goals and dreams and visions are to remind yourself what you're working towards. Because lots of times whenever it's just a thought or an idea and it's not tangible, we start to forget it and get discouraged. But when you write it down, that can be the reminder to help you to keep working towards it. So those are the three R's. Um, Before I dive into any specific questions, like Tina, did you want to talk about what the three R's meant to you or maybe how you've encompassed some of those into your current life or like past seasons of your life or anything else in a more general broad sense yeah i mean i um really liked that these were the the three r's just because i think that they're like applicable if we really think about it to all seasons of our lives and mainly pretty much like all things like um i can think about with me like just generally going through this like journey of you know you go to college you go to then like med school and now trying to go to residency like Mm -hmm. on the day-to-day like you know you always have the big picture there but like on the day-to-day um when things happen when things don't necessarily go the way that you think um they should go or like you know you have to study or like even at work for people who are working right like um it's always important to think about why right that like keeps you pushing them yeah. reevaluating and reminding. So like yeah, just without <laughs> without me like giving a whole lecture. Um I think they were really good. Got you, got you. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that and um glad to that we're on the same page and I and I do agree that it, it is something that it's not just for right now, but it it's kind of applicable to all seasons that you're in. Um you know, trying to keep yourself going. So let's start off with just the whole re-energize concept. Um, so what are some ways that you've had to re-energize yourself or remind yourself of your destination or your goal, um, so far in 2021 or just kind of throughout your schooling? What were some ways that you re-energized or, you know, times when you were feeling kind of low and had to re-energize? Yeah, I think, um, in the video, like Chelsea talks about, um, kind of writing things down and like figuring out, reminding yourself of your, like, um, 
why I think I've done those things to also help me re um, energize. So like maybe not all, all the time writing things down, but I try to put things in my path that will like help me to encounter the core values that like made me want to go into medicine or like made me want to pursue XYZ thing um, to begin with. So like for me in undergrad, while I was like doing my pre-med courses and stuff like that, I also like took a minor in Africana studies because the humanity of like medicine, you know, mm. learning about um, oppression and how marginalized communities have been oppressed even in healthcare, those things. Um, um, and how God calls me to, you know, um, I forget the, the exact verse, but you know, when um, in Isaiah, when Jesus like quotes Isaiah, when he's like in the temple for the first time, he's like, the spirit of the Lord has come upon me because he sent me to set the captives free. And like, you know, that verse, like thinking about those things um, in addition with learning about um, how those things are manifested in the real world through those courses kind of helped me in undergrad um, to re-energize, right? For like Okim and like mm. stuff I didn't really want to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, to this day, I have not met anyone that like enjoyed or like just thrived in Okim. And I'm just Okim like, <laughs> like I'm waiting for that one person who's like, oh yeah, I love Okim or whatever. But literally everyone is like, that's the class where it's like, nah, bro. <laughs> we do what we got to do. <laughs> Yeah. that's so crazy okay so you said a lot of things i want to unpack a little bit so one thing you're talking you went straight to that the whole remind concept so are, are you a visual person is that like how you you know work through life i think i think so i think i'm a combination of like um audio and visual primarily um i even when I'm like reading things, I often like remember something because I remember like where on the page it was. Mm -hmm. um, and like I listen to podcasts a lot, like even like for um, lecture purposes, um, like over and over um, and pictures definitely like help me as well to remember concepts. So yeah, I say like audio visual. Got you. Yeah, I I understand that combination because I'm I'm very similar. I like to be visual. Like I can understand something if it's just said or mentioned or whatever. But I truly comprehend it and connect the dot whenever I see it, like on paper or applied. Mm -hmm. And similar to you, like I think back to where it was on the page too. Uh, but it's funny on the on the audio side. It's so hard for me, like, say we're sitting here having a conversation and mm -hmm. then like the TV is going, I'm going to start to like look towards <laughs> the TV and hear the words that are saying there. Then I'm like, oh, wait, no, Tina's talking to, let me go back to, like, it's just, <laughs> it's unproductive. It's so unproductive. Um, but yeah, and I also like that you mentioned the African-American studies and, and the humanity um, side. So can you walk me you you mentioned it a little bit just now in your explanation but i think this is a good point to kind of dive into your why for wanting to be a doctor and go through med school like what you're looking to do with with that within that field of study like what's your why there yeah so um without being without this being like too long of a story my why i think i just discovered that um I just, in my heart, I have a, um, like, I feel for people who are, um, who, like, I don't know, there's a better way to say this. I'm not great at words, but, like, I feel for people who get stepped on um, by, like, the world, um, especially... It, it's it's never anyone's fault but like especially when it's not like acknowledged that they're being stepped on or like they're blamed um for them being stepped on and i think that i i didn't know this like initially like the first time i ever said i wanted to be a doctor but when i got to college and i like started having to do like okim and physics and i was like i this stuff is not interesting to me um but when i like learned um that um under that minority communities um, are have been stepped on by medicine or like are um, have some of the highest like incidences of certain diseases but yet don't get as many resources or have worse outcomes than their counterparts that like may be Caucasian um, 
it just like injustice like it just like makes me angry it fires me up um and especially when it's um healthcare because i feel like healthcare is a human right and everyone should be able to have adequate healthcare like no one should be having bad healthcare outcomes or be unhealthy um because of what they look like or because of where they live or um because of all these factors that they can't control mm -hmm. yeah, yeah so, so i would say that's my why <laughs> to sum it up at a point like i want to be a doctor because i want to help um give voice to to communities that are stepped on um as far as like health um and that encompasses like the entirety of your life really health does yeah no I, I hear you and i think that's a, i think that's a great why and i think it's funny you mentioned not being good with words but after you kind of said it every, everything out you put it to a point right there at the end <laughs> you want to be a doctor because you want to give voice to the communities that are stepped on in regards to their health and like their resources i think is another thing right mm -hmm. yeah <clears throat> awesome well that's that's beautiful and okay so i am all about words uh words is one <laughs> words of affirmations are one of my love languages so words really um weigh heavy on my heart but so one of the things that i thought was so cool that you said the first thing you said whenever you mentioned your why is in my hurt right so it's one of the things that's fueling you feeling what well, fueling you excuse me <laughs> is the hurt that you feel for these people that are getting stepped on. So, and with that, you, you're identifying this problem, this issue, and you're trying to do the best that you can to make an impact and a change. And I just love that so much because one, um, it shows the goodness of your heart and your character, but two, starting with that hurt, I don't think we realize as a people how much hurt is like at the center of so much good right mm -hmm. it's like because we've had these hurt and these these bad experiences because we've experienced this adversity and because we've gone through this trial for a lot of people that fuels them into the greatness that they step into mm -hmm. and so i don't want to say that to like for us to excuse the hurt and be like oh my gosh i got hurt yes i can use this now but I just think it's one of those things where we can repurpose the hurt. Yeah. Which is what I think God is just all about, especially, you know, in Romans 8.28, working all things together. Um, so I, I think it's more so just like a reminder, you know, mm -hmm. that the, the hurt's not just like this this worthless thing that happened. Yeah, for sure. I think um, I was reading a book recently and in the book... Um, the author like kind of talks about how we're all going to suffer in life. Like it's mm -hmm. inevitable, right? Like we live mm -hmm. in a world full of sin. Um, and so a lot of times like we judge um, our success or the success of our life kind of based on whether or not we're suffering. But if we think about um, how we're all going to suffer in some way, then like it kind of draws back to your point that like um, I think life can be more about like um what we learn from our suffering like how it shapes us how it molds mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. um and even like you said how we use that suffering to work towards our purpose um like it's i i'm reminded of romans um five i think three um where i think it's paul talks about like how they he like rejoices in his suffering because suffering produces, produces endurance yep. and character and, and xyz and so um, I think sometimes that that's why God allows us mm -hmm. um, to suffer because mm -hmm. there are certain things that need to be um, produced in us, um, not only for us, but also for other people, right, who need to be impacted by our lives. Yes, exactly. Um, so two things. One, with that scripture, that scripture is so bittersweet. It's like, <laughs> yes, it's so true. But it's like, wait, you said what? I got to right. go through hurt. Uh, I, don't really, I don't really want that. I don't really yeah. want that. <laughs> But then, too, I love that you said it's not just about us. It's about other people, too. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm going to kind of answer the question that I asked you about the the being re-energized. I remember back in, and I think people have heard me say this before uh, in a general sense, back in 2016, 2017, when I was unemployed, very low time in my life. I was unemployed for 13 months. And 
during that during that time I made a decision to be very intentional about writing and so I wrote every single day and I looked up at one point I'm like oh shoot there's there's a book here and so Mm -hmm. I started to put everything together and I think about the beauty of my book and how happy it makes me feel and how proud I feel and and the different people that I've enjoyed it that Mm -hmm. book literally got birthed out of one of the hardest things in my life Mm -hmm. like this hurt in my life God literally traded my ashes for beauty and I think that ties into what we're saying here but then second in me like rereading it and talking to different people about it and like different people buying it at different times people have reached out and said oh my gosh like I literally feel this poem or like or or Rob I didn't know that you were going through this I thought you your life was just all perfect and all together Mm -hmm. and they see me differently and now they're encouraged and they're inspired because they're like, if he got through it, I can get through it. And, and just all these different things where it's not just, a, it wasn't just about me. Mm-hmm. It was God, that was God's opportunity um, to use my hurts, turn it into beauty, reach other people and turn their ashes and their hurt into beauty as well. Mm-hmm. And sure. I, I just think that's like just an amazing thing um, that God's able to do. And so it's, it's so powerful to remember the why re-energize yourself because you're not the only one that's going to be impacted mm-hmm. for sure yeah amen, amen. <laughs> i i just also i don't know if we have to move on but i also wanted to say that i think our suffering also teaches us empathy like mm-hmm. um because even though like rob i have not experienced the same kind of suffering that you have experienced but i can think back on suffering that i have experienced in like how I felt even though the situation wasn't the same um and if I can recognize that like Rob is going through suffering even though like I don't necessarily have the same experience I can understand suffering in other people um Mm -hmm. and then I can like I can empathize with that like I can love on them um because of that I can like not judge them as hard because I remember what it was like when I was suffering exactly exactly you're now in a place to show grace and I think I said this before too. It's the the details of our life, the details of my life as Rob and your life as Tina is different. Guy, mm-hmm. girl, um, America, uh, American <laughs> by way of Cuba, mm-hmm. American by way of Ghana, mm-hmm. um, med school engineering. Like it just we can we can pick apart all the different details, right? Yeah. But the themes of our life are similar. The theme of joy, the theme of pain, the theme of relationships, the theme of restoration, the theme of whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. we both can relate to those themes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Amen. Cool. Um Yeah, so I think I think I, I think we really touched on the whole idea of re-energizing and we we uncovered a new thing about <laughs> talking about redefining or repurposing hurt. And, you know, the ability to remind us. And one one last thing on, on remind. Since I brought up my book, I remember to, like, remind myself. I had the cover made, like, er, a little bit early on in the process. Mm-hmm. And so I all, like, those times when I didn't feel like writing anymore or, like, doing the logistics and stuff, I would mm-hmm. look at the cover and be like, this is what I'm working towards. That's smart. And then, like, keep going because it just... Some, like I said, it's, it's hard to it's hard to work towards something when it's intangible. Mm-hmm. But whenever you can see it, you're like, oh, this is what I want. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I remember for me, my parents bought me a stethoscope when I graduated from college. And at the time, I was so like, y'all bought me the stethoscope. I don't even know if I'm about to get into med school. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I had the stethoscope like... Um, there were times where like I would just like sleep with the box next to my pillow, <laughs> especially when I was studying for my MCAT because I would be like, listen, we're about to do this. Or like when I was studying for various exams, like I would rate the score that I wanted on the wall that I like see when I wake up. So I would like be like, all right, let's go to the library or like so you're like totally right. Um, a lot of times we need to like have something tangible mm-hmm. um, to remind us. Amen. Yeah. And I, I love that you sleep slept with it. And also you wrote the score up. Yeah. It's that reminder. It's that reminder what, it, what it's all for. Um, so while we're still talking about this episode of Weekly Words, let's go ahead and talk about the whole reevaluate concept. And just to remind everybody listening, uh, what I said in the episode was, you know, early on, we set out these different goals and dreams and, and these different timelines and these different expectations. 
But sometimes whenever we get into working towards the goal, we're like, you know what? Let me reevaluate and figure out if I need to change the metric, modify the goal, uh, change the timetable, um, you know, different different concepts like that. So, Tina, can you can you talk through uh, times when you've had to reevaluate or shift your your mindset during the, the journey and the, and the process? Yeah, like so many times I know um, for me um, being at Pitt, like Pitt was the first time that I was like outside of Philly. It was the first time that I was like in a place that most of my classmates or most of the people around me were not like they didn't look like me. Um, and so like it was scary in that way. It was also scary because like in high school, you know, I feel like most people know that you don't it's it's not the level of rigor that like college is. So in high school I didn't really I studied but like I wasn't like busting my behind. Yeah. And that all kind of changed. In college I was struggling. Um, and I was like, especially struggling with like taking multiple science classes mm -hmm. at once, but that's what everybody else was doing and they seemed to be okay. Um, and I kind of felt like, you know, if I don't take, if it like takes me longer, if I have to take classes in the summertime, like what does that say about um, me and like what I can handle and like how intelligent I am and all of that stuff. Um, but I kind of had to, like we're talking about reevaluate um how i was measuring my success how i was measuring um you know my my um apt in these areas and kind of take it as um you know our journeys are specific to us um we're different people and so sometimes we just have to do things different ways like um and that doesn't make their way better than mine or my way like um worse than theirs but it's, it's just different um so that's like one example. I constantly had to do that. I had to be like, you know what, Tina? Like, you just don't learn well this way, right? Like <laughs> studying in groups, for example. So like, go sit by yourself mm -hmm. <laughs> or like just those little things. But also I I'd say like a bigger one was when I was choosing what specialty I wanted to go into, like as a black woman going into medicine, I was like, I got to do something that is hardcore. Like I'm about to be out here, be a whole like neurosurgeon point blank period like nothing else will do right and then I like did my rotations and I just realized that my personality my like lifestyle goals um my career goals I felt like weren't best suited to surgery um and I had to kind of accept that like I'm going into pediatrics I had to accept that like I love kids like I am warm and fuzzy um it does not make me any less hardcore. Um, it doesn't mean that I can't have a successful and fruitful career. Um, in this, in in that, um, I need to again reevaluate like how I'm measuring my success. Like, am I measuring it based on what society thinks is prestigious, and society thinks, or even the medical community thinks, or am I measuring it based on who God has made me to be, what He has put into me, um, and how He's shaping me and where He wants me to go. So. Yeah. 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 Amen. Yeah, that's dope. I didn't. So yeah, a couple of things. I, it's funny. I didn't think about the whole multiple science classes things because yeah, I was similar in high school. It was you. You had the one math, the one science, then you had the English. Like it was just this well-rounded concept. But engineering, when you're in, I mean, engineering college. Whenever you're in your major, for me, engineering, um, it's like it's this focus, and you're all of a sudden you have five engineering classes, and you had five science classes, or four science classes, and one elective or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, you, like you said, everybody else is doing it. So you're like, okay, I guess I have to, too. And yeah. <laughs> what's going on? But so reevaluating that you mentioned the one reevaluation re of what field you wanted to go into. Was there any reevaluation in like your course structure and like when you were taking classes and what classes you were taking each, each semester? Oh yeah. Sorry. I like completely skipped that. Yeah. I stopped like, I remember there was one semester where I had like, um, I think I had like physics. I don't remember the exact classes, but I had like three science classes and it just was not working out. And they were all like tough science classes. And so I just like dropped the one um, and I ended up just like taking it in the summer, like yeah. taking it was I, I think it was physics that I dropped because I remember taking physics one, two in the physics lab in the summer. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like it cost me more money and I had to figure that out. But it ended up working out well. 
Um, yeah. And so I, I just had to figure out like how to do it like Tina and not do it like everybody else. Do it like Tina, not everybody <laughs> else. Say less. <laughs> but yeah, I think I remember that conversation. And I also like how you brought up the whole like working in a group or by yourself. Mm-hmm. I had that same kind of reevaluation in college. So my freshman year, I ended up on academic probation. Uh, Because I had less than a 3.0 GPA. And so I had to retake some classes, yada, 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 figure things out. And as I went into my sophomore, and honestly, it might have been my junior year when I realized this. Because for me, I was similar. I had, I was in Nesby, National Society of Black Engineers. So I had a lot of friends who were black in engineering as well. And so we would help each other. Freshman year was cool. But sophomore year, when I stepped into the electrical engineering curriculum, I was the only black person in my mm-hmm. class. And so I had to, I'll be with my friends at Nesby, but none of them would be in class with me. So literally the yeah. only classes we would have together would be the math class because all engineers take the same math classes. But everything else would, was just, I was alone. And my sophomore year, I really struggled because I'm trying to do things by myself. I think it was my junior year, I met this uh, these two classmates and three classmates actually, and we would actually do work together. And Mm -hmm. what I found was like, okay, one, I could lean on them to help explain the things I didn't get. And two, sometimes I would attempt things first and then go to the group setting. Mm -hmm. So I had to like reevaluate how I was tackling the situation. Yeah. 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 And it's, and still I wasn't perfect because if I, I definitely could have done college way better, but you know, we live and we learn. We do. Um, We do. But yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that's really important. Like that point that you may like reevaluation may happen once, but like it may happen multiple times. Like it's I think a lot of times like we're scared to go back and reevaluate and change things because we like think it has to be how we originally said it has to be. But like mm-hmm. you change over time, like exactly. situations change over time, like and exactly. so it's it's like actually. This one of the I think personally one of the smartest things you can do is to like reevaluate like often. Yeah, hundred um, yeah. percent. And then you know, kind of you know, fast forwarding to present day, you know, you talking about having to reevaluate and say I'm not, you know, my skill set and my interest and and me as Tina, I originally wanted to do surgery, but now I got to go to pe- pediatrics. And I think so many times whenever we have that goal shift or that change we see it in we feel like society sees it as oh i'm not doing surgery because i'm not good enough for surgery mm-hmm, so i'm going mm-hmm. to something easier mm-hmm. i i i couldn't make it there but it really mm-hmm. it's like no that wasn't for me exactly and that's, and that's fine i'm reevaluating i'm i'm still dr T- tina gambra like <laughs> period <laughs> period and what about it i'm so what like you still got to respect my name <laughs> and I'm, yeah. I'm still doing in, I'm still creating impactful change. Mm-hmm. I'm still living sure. that mission of why I wanted to become a doctor. It's just different now. I'm, I'm more grown. I'm more mature and I know what's up. For sure. So I think when we, to speak to that point that you just made, when we reevaluate, we have to make sure. And even when we initially evaluate and like make goals, I think it's important for us to sit down and, and think about what our core values are and make sure that we're making goals that align with our core values, right? And if we're Christians, they're, spe- they're like, you know, more specific core values um, and not necessarily um, the world's or like what we think um, looks good or sounds good to, to other people. Say it again for the people in the back. Amen. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. So I, I love this, this conversation. And it, it actually segues nicely into um, the sixth episode of Weekly Words, which was titled Unqualified. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. right now we're kind of ending the conversation about the reevaluating and finding what's best for you. So in the Unqualified episode, uh, what I do is I talk about a quote from an Avengers movie where one of the characters... Thor, his mother, says this quote, um, everyone fails at who they're supposed to be, but the true measure of a person, of a hero, is how they exceed at being who they are. Mm -hmm. And then I further talk about the story of Moses and whenever he's talking to God, he feels unqualified because he's like, what? I've messed up. I had to flee Egypt. I have this stutter, yada, yada, yada. And Mm -hmm. God's like, I know. 
<laughs> but <laughs> like I still want you and in the day I'm still going to be with you. Um, and this concept of God qualifying the called and instead of calling the qualified. Mm-hmm. And I kind of summed everything up saying it's not about being the best. It's about being your best. Mm-hmm. So let's let's kind of unpack that there. So, Tina, before I get into the questions, did you have anything you wanted to add or unfold about the story itself or the summary I just gave? No, I think that quote was really profi- profound, though. I, was, I got chills when I was listening to it. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And you know what's so funny? The first time I saw the Avengers, because that's an Avengers Endgame. The first oh. time I saw it, it didn't, it didn't catch me because that movie's three hours long. That's so. the, 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 the one where they all evaporate, right? Well, that's the, the that's the one afterwards. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you it's it's like the one. last one in the series, but yeah, um, they're trying to fix the evaporation. Mm, okay. okay. <laughs> but the first time I saw it, like it, it didn't catch me. I'm, I'm not really a big fan of Thor, <laughs> but mm-hmm. the second time I saw it, I was like, oh, I was like, what's this? What's this? What? And I had to go back and look it up, and I was like, she over here spitting facts. Yeah, she's <laughs> preaching. Right. Right. Thor. Right. Um, yeah, so, okay, yeah, I mean, let's, let's start off by talking, talking about that quote. Um, what I took away from it, and then you can tell me what you took away from it is like, mm-hmm. when I'm sitting up here trying to be like Tina, or when I'm sitting up here trying to do it like Engineer Joe, or mm-hmm. Poet John, or whoever, whoever, I am not setting myself up to succeed because I'm not trying to do it my way. I'm trying to do it somebody else's way. Mm-hmm. But what I'm trying to, when I'm trying to be engineer Rob and poet Rob, well, you know, poet slight. <laughs> poet slight. <laughs> that's, that's when I find success because I'm doing it the way that God created me to do it. And mm-hmm. like you mentioned earlier, it's not that my way is better than theirs or their way is better than mine. It's just that my way is my way. Mm-hmm. It's specific to you mm-hmm. and your circumstance and yeah, how you were raised and all of that. Exactly. Exactly. There was this poet, her name is Courtney Lynn. She has this poem. She's here in Houston. She has this poem where she talks about like her, I can't remember the, the full thing, but she's talking about like her footprint and her shoe size. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I want to say she's kind of talking to this other girl who's trying to like, get her man or something whatever and she's kind of like it's cool like i'm not she's like i'm not here to dish you you know you're beautiful you're strong you're doing amazing things but you can never fit my shoes you Mm -hmm. can never make the impact that i make Mm -hmm. and i love that i feel like it fits in here because it's it's this concept where it's like it's not about one of us being better it's just about each of us being ourselves yeah 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 each of us being different yes from each other which is okay and very necessary yes yes yes, exactly um but yeah so that was coming from you know thor he he really had this concept of feeling unqualified because he had messed up so much and then also looking at moses he felt unqualified before god because he had messed up and he had the stutter and just a list of of things so um tina can you talk about the feeling of feeling qualified yes yes for what god has for you (laughs) talk to me talk to me i mean i'll say first and foremost like that um if i ever feel qualified for to for what like god is calling me to or if anyone ever feels qualified for what god is calling them to then like they there's something seriously amiss (laughs) um because i think god calls us like you know scripture says like um my ways are not your ways like my thoughts are not your thoughts like we think that we know maybe or we might have an idea of like what god is calling us to but like we can't fathom um and if we really knew like what god intended for us i think like we'd be i don't know i know i feel like i would be shook like completely shook (laughs) because um just thinking about how who i am like me knowing myself and how how um deeply flawed that that I am like but yes to answer your question um I have felt um unqualified um during this whole journey like several times I don't think it's 
a feeling that goes away. Some might call it like imposter syndrome, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, just like this, this feeling that like, well, like they let me in here. Like, are, <laughs> are y'all sure? You like, sure? Like, <laughs> I got that score in that test. You sure? Yeah. Is it the right name? Mm-hmm. You need my social again? Cause, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. but for sure, like, it's like feeling a feeling like, um, it's, it's big, like, and, and I don't think, I, I think that, um, you know, everything there's balance because I think that imposter syndrome and feeling unqualified can like sometimes, um, fuel you to be like, I gotta make sure I'm on my P's and Q's. Exactly. Exactly. And it, and it can also help keep you humble as mm-hmm. well. Like realizing that what you're being called to do is so much bigger than yourself. And mm-hmm. you, and so because it's so much bigger than me, like I need someone who's so much bigger than me, <laughs> right. To help me accomplish this. Right. Which for me is, is God. Like I need God, um's help and all of this. Like it's, and so like when you reach certain milestones or you, um, reach certain levels, like it helps you um it helps oh, i'm so sorry about it's, this background it's fine. Noise. it's fine keep going <sighs> who was i saying it helps you um dang what was when, i saying you, you're talking about like when you feel a little bit unqualified you got to be on your p's and q's it humbles you it keeps you like pushing to be i think better oh yes 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 it, it kind of it kind of helps you to um, give God the credit. And I think it also like sets, opens you up so you can be like, okay, I didn't get here on my own. Like I had help from, from God, from people God sent. So let me like go and try to like, you know, spread this knowledge. Let me go and try to encourage someone else who's like, you Mm -hmm. know, reach as you climb type deal. Mm -hmm. I will say that I think that there have been times where I allowed like my feeling of being unqualified to kind of just swallow me up. Um, and it's like gotten in the way. Yeah. Um, I can even think of like um, people in the Bible where like, like I, I'm like thinking of um, Gideon kind of like in his, his like disbelief or his like, I guess distrust, right? That God was like calling him to do this big thing and leading Israel um, to defeat one of their many enemies. Like he's like, asking for all these signs and not completely um trusting god because i think in some ways he doesn't feel qualified or he doesn't believe that god would be asking him to do such a big thing and and i think because of that like you read the story and it's like all right gideon like how many times do god got to tell you this is what he wants you to do like how many times does the fleece got to be white wet and then dry and then wet and dry and all that stuff like um, and I think in my own life, like I can think of when I started third year rotations and I had to be on the floors. Um, and you know, when you're on the floors, like you gotta present patience to the team that you're on. Um, and so it's like a group, maybe a small group, and you like talk to your attending, which is like the the big doctor, like the doctor that's finished school and is like in charge of the team. Um, and then people often pimp you that's what we call (laughs) it's like um like they're like asking you questions like randomly off the cuff right um and so all that is involved and i remember like being so shook like when i first started on the floor is like i would be so afraid that i was gonna say something wrong um and then they'd be like yo this girl's dumb like who's this like dumb black girl in reality nobody's thinking that right but like in my head I'm like I can't say anything wrong because I'm the only black girl here and like they're gonna think I'm dumb and I already don't feel qualified to be here so like I just have to like not mess up right and because of that like I rarely spoke (laughs) when I didn't have to when I did present like I'd be tripping over my words like I would know the stuff in my head but it would just be so hard for me to get it out um and it, it like impairs your learning too because like it's a lot of times when you get stuff wrong that's like when you like learn the stuff or like um i'm not gonna ask a question about something i don't understand because i don't want to look dumb because you know yeah um but yeah so yeah. i can definitely identify with feeling unqualified for sure yeah so uh one thing you were talking about like at the beginning you're like wait who me like what have you seen that video of Tiffany Haddis when she found out she got the Grammy for her comedy album? Mm-mm. Okay, you got it. you have to look at that. I'll send you, send you the link. But so like what happens in it, she's in there recording her show. Um, 
the kid said like, the darndest thing, right? And she's like talking about like being nominated or whatever. And the producer's in her ear, feeding her words and whatnot, telling her what to say. And she's making her her own. She's like, yeah, you know, nominated for a Grammy, yada yada yada. And the producer's like, and I just want a Grammy. She's like, I just, I just what? And he's like, you just want a Grammy. She's like, I just want a Grammy. Are you playing with me? Like she, she was like in denial for the first couple of yeah. seconds. Like what? And then she starts crying because, um, historically. A black woman has not won in that category since Whoopi Goldberg in like 1986 or something. Oh, wow. So it's been years. It's been 40 plus years, right? Did I do math right? 90, 06. Oh, sorry. Yes, 30. I'm the wrong person. 30. I don't do <laughs> it's, been, <laughs> it's been like 35 years since somebody's won in that category. So it, it you know, meant a lot. But there was that moment where she didn't believe it. And so I, mm-hmm. I thought about that scene when you were talking about you, like, wait, did you guys really let me in here? Did you mean, you mean me? <laughs> Tina, Tina Gamble, like, wait, what, huh? (laughs) So I thought about that. So um, you talked about identifying with the idea and concept of of feeling unqualified. And I think a lot of it stemmed from like just this place of of doubt or kind of being surreal and stuff. And you talked about like the up parts of that, meaning that you got to kind of work harder and it, it keeps you humbled and stuff. Can you talk about... I mean, maybe even specific to your med school journey of of why, like, why did you feel unqualified? Did you feel like there was more you had to prove? Did you feel like you didn't prove it yet? Like, what what were you thinking? I mean, I think we all come in with, I don't, let me not um, speak for other people, but I think for me, like, I've always, um, in some ways, had some insecurities about, like, my intelligence. Mm. Um, it was because, like, I don't know, I feel like it takes me, sometimes takes me a little bit longer than other people to like get things or understand things and I've always I've always kind of felt like that um but I think um in regards to this journey in particular like you know when you're pre-med um when you're like applying to med school like the the applicant pool the pre-med pool like is predominantly white like (laughs) you rarely see um black black women and even like less so black men Um, who are pre-med and who are, like, um, becoming successful on the journey. And so, like, it's already intimidating. And even just, like, Rob, if you think about, like, all the doctors that you've had in your life, like, I'm sure you can count on one hand the number of Black doctors that you've, like, encountered, Mm -hmm. Um, right? So medicine is, like, overwhelmingly white. Um, And so for someone who, um, my parents are not from here, right? So they don't have the good knowledge about even how um being pre-med and and things work um there are no other like doctors in my family um well medical doctors in my family right and so um taking that into account taking into account that I don't see a lot of people who look like me doing what I want to do as I'm growing up like entering into this field it's it's scary because it's like who do you rely on for um support like who can say Um, I've lived a life that's similar to yours and look at me like I'm successful. I was like lucky to find some people like that when I was in undergrad. Um, But even still, like once you get into med school and you're like with your peers, you're on the floors, you're in the classroom, it still looks like that. Like it still looks like um, you're you're maybe most times like the only black person on the team um, or like you're one of the few black people in your medical school class. and so that difference, like, it's a difference you can see, right? Like, and so it's, um, it can be like very um, unsettling, mm-hmm. um, like within yourself, but also within like the system and how it's set up and people's like bias and prejudice that sometimes they don't even recognize it and they like refuse to acknowledge um, as well. So it's like all those things. Yeah, I feel you. And I, I completely relate to this feeling like you have to prove yourself and not come across as like stupid or slow or mm-hmm. or not on the same page yeah. and that's great we de- we definitely need to you know change that and address that and but I think for me the reason I can relate is because you know after I was unemployed for the 13 months then I worked um, as a travel consultant for two years and then I stepped into my current role you know as a as an engineering consultant where I'm working with engineering clients and when I first started Tina like I was 
I was on fire. I was like, okay, I gotta make, I gotta learn all this stuff. I gotta make sure mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm, I'm here and that I, I'm adding value and that people don't think that I'm stupid and all this kind of stuff. I, I, I want to keep this job, yada, yada, yada. And it mm-hmm. was, it was literally because I didn't want anyone to be like, oh man, Timmons, he's unqualified for this. Exactly. Or, or this, this what he shouldn't be here. Right. Yeah. I was like, I gotta, I gotta prove myself. And it's interesting. I think it goes to what you said at first. You know, sometimes it does kind of humble you and, and force you to be at the on your A game, 100%. Because I can honestly say I wasn't on my A game in college. I didn't feel like I had to prove myself. But mm-hmm. post-college, I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't think it's healthy to continuously walk that, that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, I think there are some seasons when it's like, hey, I do need to put my best foot forward. and Well, we always should put our best foot forward. But there are some seasons where it's like, hey, I got to, you know, go above and beyond. But there's other seasons where it's like, remind yourself, no, I am a child of God. God has called me to where I'm supposed to be. I am here for purpose. I'm going to walk in that. For sure. In in reality, I don't think, like, imposter syndrome ever like really goes away completely Mm -hmm. like i don't think it's like cured by the success that you think Mm -hmm. will cure it um but i think that um like you said there are different seasons and i also think that um we have to do like a mindset change a mindset shift like so Mm -hmm. an imposter syndrome like yes you're on your a game like you're grinding but it's from a place of fear like um which like some fear is is healthy some fear is good but like i think that i'm me personally like um when i feel like an imposter like i definitely try to affirm and reassure myself and like you said i'm a child of god like god brought me here you know like i'm as qualified as the next person xyz xyz um but um i lost my train of thought but i think i was just gonna say like um I should be working and like grinding from a place of like, I'm trying to reach these goals. Right. Mm -hmm. And not primarily from a place of like, I need to prove myself. Cause that's like you said, it's not healthy. (laughs) I'm working towards something. Not like I'm working away from something. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, And I think uh, two things. One, talking about the imposter syndrome, you're like, you don't think it goes away with success. I mean, yeah, I would actually argue that it might even increase with, with success. Cause now you're like, Oh crap! I'm this doctor, and I gotta <laughs> now. I gotta like stay at this level. Take care of people, right? It's like me, crap. I I wrote this book. Now people are like expecting every single thing I say or type to be just profound. Uh, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like we start yeah. to second guess ourselves because we feel like we have to continuously perform at this level or at this mm-hmm. standard right. to continue to have the recognition that we already earned. <laughs> For sure, with the help of God. Mm-hmm. Um, second, oh, do you, do you mind if I, if I share some, uh, some lines from one of my poems? Oh, go ahead. Do you, <laughs> do you. Um, we were talking, when we were talking about like, you know, working to be, a, walking and being a child of God, I have this poem where I say, nah, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect, but that does not remove the crown from my head. I am an educated black king, a poetic prince, a child of God, heir to the throne. So I walk with the purpose. I said, I walk with the purpose. I'll stop there. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear me snapping in my headphones. Can you hear that? Yeah, I hear you snapping. I hear you okay, snapping. I'm snapping. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tina, I've been hearing you speak this entire time. How would I not hear you snap? I don't know. Rob, I told you, I don't understand how technology works. Like, I don't know if the snap was too low or like. Nah, it was good. It was good. Thank you. Yeah. So just again, going back to that remind concept, we got to remind ourselves of these things. Mm -hmm, Um, For sure. And it has to be, sorry, it it has to be like, um, I think with imposter syndrome and feeling, um, what is the word we've been talking in unqualified, mm -hmm. right? Like, um, I talked about getting a little bit before, but I think like, also, we think about Saul, too, right? Like, this king that God chose. Um, well, the people of Israel chose, but, like, God anointed. He called mm-hmm. him his anointed, right? And because, like, you see Saul, like, who is in disbelief that God chose him, like, he is, like, just walking around, like, messing stuff up, like, <laughs> because he can't believe that God has chosen him. And so, like, I think, I say that to say that I think that, like, we have to be, like, actively wage war against like this 
imposter syndrome against feeling unqualified like it cannot be a passive thing because I really think that it can inhibit you from reaching like um from being the best you that God wants you to be and like reaching um your potential and your purpose that he has for your life like like I I don't know I just like want to re-emphasize that like I think we had to be intentional about like fighting that for sure and well you just spoke something to me actually have some some chills okay Jesus (laughs) um because you know talking about Saul he was from the lowest tribe of Israel and he definitely felt unqualified because it's like me the one that everyone looks down on Mm -hmm. and I don't so I think he he did feel unqualified to step into it when he whenever he was in kingship I don't know I would argue that he might not still feel unqualified but because of that root of feeling unqualified it was now he didn't I think it made him do too much like he was oh like he you feel like he was trying to prove himself yeah like um like whenever so yeah Mm -hmm. because what happened with him is what he you know god god had like called him to kill all of whoever i don't know what it was exactly he he saved the malachites or something yeah he but he saved some people because he's like oh i I can do it better type of a thing like no you can't just do what god told you to do exactly (laughs) okay i see what you're saying i see what you're saying because also what i was going to say was in him feeling unqualified and not addressing that it's also like he didn't value the full weight of the kingship and mm-hmm. how he was still supposed to be submitted to God. So mm-hmm. in that, he didn't move with the appropriate value for the for the throne. Mm-hmm. And honoring, I think, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, honoring the appropriate value for the throne. I was correcting myself. For sure, I think I think too that like maybe Saul's like deeply rooted insecurities and like you know I, I think it played a role in his interactions with David too. Oh, hundred like, percent, the jealousy. How, like, yes, yeah, like if you are confident you're walking in your purpose and you know you're following god and like you know yes you're like not qualified but like he's put you here right so he's mm-hmm. gonna help like all of those mm-hmm. things like i i just don't see someone um with that mindset like doing all that he did to try to like take david out exactly Be- like you, you know like it's exactly just... god has called us to do our best not be the best mm-hmm. if you operate in the best that you can god will do the rest rhyming bars oh shoot i didn't even realize <laughs> oh yeah bars. rest best that's so funny you know it's be coming out sometimes yes. <laughs> slight the poet y'all slight the poet yes amen where tina like i have to say i really enjoyed you here today this was i felt like a great episode you were lively you were attentive you always had something to say like thank you so much oh thanks for having me for sure yes you got to come back um and i'm excited to be able to come celebrate you and graduating and stuff yep yep um so at this part of the show i always allow my guests to shout out themselves on social media if they're looking to connect with people and stuff so you want to you know let the people know where they can find you on the interwebs oh y'all can find me on the gram at the chocolate dot the chocolate doc right with the um what's that symbol with the uh i think underscore, it's underscore. yes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's underscore the chocolate doc um i think it's the chocolate doc underscore not, not not you not knowing your handle yo not me not know my own handle wait Rob, look it up. It up okay me, it's it's okay it's <laughs> at the chocolate doc underscore all right yes yes <laughs> wow that is me um you guys can also find um me and some of my colleagues um sharing some medical information um for the black community at medicine for the culture on instagram and that's for for yes for not the number awesome no that's cool i actually like whenever you post that because i'm like oh i know that and then also um tell them about like how you tackle some of like the the myths within the black community about medicine stuff for sure. Um, we um, try to take like a multi-pronged approach. So like we know there's distrust like in the black community towards medicine. And so when we present topics, a lot of times we try to talk about like um, the stats, the epidemiology, but also the history of maltreatment and things like that. And like Rob was saying, we also talk about myths. And so like we recently did a series on the COVID-19 vaccine and we talked about like how the vaccine works. We talked about um, myths surrounding um, you know, is your DNA going to change? Like all those things that have really been, I feel like floating around in the black community as well. And so we try to do that in an interactive way. 
nice 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 cool well uh tina thanks again so much for joining today i've enjoyed you and appreciate it same (laughs) uh everybody please be sure to go and follow um tina to continue to be inspired by her life and what god's doing through her and in her like she said follow her on instagram at the chocolate doc underscore and also follow her and her colleagues talking about um dismantling those medical myths within the culture at medicine for culture the, the, the culture crap yes medicine for the culture medicine for the culture excuse me mm-hmm. but again thank you so much for tuning in to the weekly words extended podcast where we give you words to live by i am your host robert timmons and may you stay blessed see you next time 